go. I don't have. I, I can't control it. <laughs> oh shit! Oh no! There we go. I fixed it. It broke. <laughs> uh, hi everybody. Welcome to Best of Five, the show where things break in the background and nobody notices because. But I'm a loudmouth, so I let everybody know. Uh, this week we're joined by Steve, the main squeeze, Ace King, Offsuit Jurek, and the lovely, the Purple Sharpie. Welcome to both of you. I am excited for the show. So. Me too. Tonight on the show, we're gonna we got a lot to talk about. We got PlayStation Five event happened on a Wednesday, of course. Uh, more Xbox stuff happened on a not Tuesday, of course. Finally, something happened on a Monday that we can talk about as far as Xbox goes. Uh, Lab Zero stuff is happening. Lots of stuff to talk about there, and most importantly, Tokyo Game Show Online is just over the horizon. And I wish it would have been yesterday, but you know what? We'll take the weekend. We'll save it for next week, uh, along with a bunch of other stuff and a bunch of other things, and a lot of fun is about to be had. But first, Steve, yes, would you like to do a recap? Yes, <laughs> that was built. That was uh, filled with pregnant pauses. There, yep, I was building the tension, Steve. The tension was. At a maximum. Um, all eyes this past weekend were on Asia. Uh, both street, both the Street Fighter and Tekken World had big events in Asia. Uh, starting out on the Tekken side of things uh, with the online challenge uh, for Korea. Uh, you had some very familiar names in there, but maybe one a little less familiar taking it. Uh, wow, Mao Il... Uh, I probably mispronounced that. Uh, takes it over John Ding in the grand final to win the title. I musician and Chanel rounding out the top four. Uh, that was not it for uh, the action, though. He had to fight the secret boss of the region, which was Kudans, and Kudans took that three to one. Uh, there were also some exhibitions on Sunday tied to that event. Uh, the main event being me a seven-two win. Over Ulsan. Um, yeah. It, it was some good ass Tekken. It was some good ass Tekken. Man, remember when JDCR was known as the final boss for mm. the world? And now it's Kudans. It, yeah, you can't. That's Tekken. And then, and then you got Nii. Yeah, and Nii yeah. as well, right? Yeah. So that's crazy. Uh, th I think that's one of the things I kind of love about Tekken is everything is just. Ever shifting. Like, have we ever seen this person before? Like, has this person ever entered tournaments? The person that won the tournament this weekend? I believe he has. Um, I don't remember any results off the top of my head. Um, I don't have a spreadsheet this year. There's no <laughs> scores to keep track of. That's the biggest thing for me. It's like the little things. Like, yeah, tournaments are coming back. But now it's winner take all. So it's like I don't have any use for my spreadsheet. And, yeah. Steve, we'll just have uh, to get you playing Tetris. Because it sounds like you're a person who likes looking at squares. So we'll just mm -hmm. get you playing Tetris. That'll fill in the whole spreadsheet. If, if I really wanted to look at squares, I'd just look at a mirror all day. I thought you were going to say you could just look at me. Because I was going to say that if you didn't. 
See, you I, guys are we're both here. so self-loathing. <laughs> yes, self-deprecation. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Thing. I was like ready to prop everybody up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was no, like, man. yeah, you know, like some Tekken joke. It's like, no, no, we're just all terrible. It's like, okay, jeez. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Sharpie. <laughs> I was like, we should all love each other and cherish one another. You're like, we're just squares. We're nerds. Yeah. Well, hey, I mean, I, I love the thing. Yeah, I love you guys, just not me. <laughs> Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to depression. Yeah. Here we go, Klonopin. Oh, we love you, depression. We love you. It's great. <laughs> keep us keep us working. Thank you so much. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh man. All right. What's next? Uh, great Tekken. Great Tekken. Great Tekken. <laughs> there was actually more great great Tekken on the weekend. Uh, you had the Topanga League actually ran a Tekken series. <laughs> Uh, this year, and they had an offline final this past weekend. Uh, Owl taking it over double, uh, holding off double and again. You you had five players finishing either five and two or four and three. Uh, the final match of the tournament, because it's round robin, first to seven, uh, was Owl and Gen, basically winner take all. Um, and it went to overtime. It went eight six because you have to win by two. Uh, oh, wow. wow. So, man, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna confess something. I have not watched the Tekken Topanga League, and I feel awful about it. Especially seeing the results, I feel like shit for not watching it because I'm sure it was amazing. Especially hearing that it went into overtime, man. Mm, that's some good ass Japanese Tekken. That's one of the things that like I'm I'm not personally like a big Tekken fan. I just don't really like 3D games. But like I always feel the drama inside of it when I'm actually watching the game. You know what I mean? Like I can appreciate good high level play and Tekken excels at that because every single character is so incredibly diverse. Like it's really anyone's matchup. It's all it's one hundred percent about like Tekken's really one of those games where it's one hundred percent about the player. It's one hundred percent about oh, yeah. that player. And so, like, I always am so happy when I see the results because it's very much indicative of the player and not the character. Like, it's beautiful. It's really, really nice. I can't think of a lot of other games where that's true, you know? But Tekken, it's, it's, it's almost always. It's beautiful. <laughs> and, it's the, and you know what? That slow-mo, I think, really helps, especially for people who don't really play the game or don't follow the game. I mean, mm -hmm. you can understand, like coming down right to the wire they they take the essence of that drama and distill it into something so visceral right there in that slow-mo um i mean you think of that rixta set from combo breaker where it, just insane stuff and it, it even if you're not a huge fan it is fun to watch um mm -hmm. but that wasn't the only game in town this weekend oh. uh street fighter also had an event. They had a couple of events, one in Japan uh, and one in Asian online. Uh, their finals of their preseason tournaments. Uh, we, we talked about some of these events before. Uh, they had open invitationals. They had under-23 events, all building up to a final, for which serves of this uh, preseason series before the real Street Fighter League kicks off. Uh, and Higuchi, a name you might not recognize as much as someone like Daigo or Fudo, uh, ended up taking it. He's one of those players who qualified through those uh, 23 and under tournaments. Wow. Uh, wow. One there. 
got one of the uh, four buys into the quarterfinals uh, because it was sort of that uh, pick your uh, – they drafted names. Uh, all, all 12 finalists, they got drafted, and they got to pick their spot in the bracket. So got a spot in the quarterfinals, but still had to win three matches uh, to win the title and beat Daigo in the grand final. Especially because just a couple weeks ago, or maybe a month or so ago, I don't know, time doesn't exist in my brain anymore, uh, but when Daigo qualified for Capcom Cup on the Asian tournament, on the uh, Asian online tournament, I remember everybody saying, whoa, Daigo's really good again, whoa, he got first, he's not washed up, whoa, uh, so seeing, like, seeing everybody prop Daigo up when he was doing well, and then having somebody who came in from the under-23 tournament and win that that shit's amazing also i want to say this let's take a, i really want to take a closer look at these names here right because we have Higuchi, mm. who we haven't really heard of uh i haven't heard of personally but i also don't don't follow much of the uh japanese uh street fighter, fight scene, street fighter. Yeah. yeah um but we have daigo fudo mago nemo fujimura and then if we look at top nine uh everybody tied for ninth we have moki momochi tokido and yusama we recognize all those names, but we have a couple of names in here. Actually, I'm sorry. I don't recognize Yusama. Uh, but we have a couple of names here that we don't recognize, like Kenpi, Kudo, Yusama. Uh, Higuchi is another one. So this is kind of, I think, the positive. Like, this is the the big shining light about having these online tournaments is that people that wouldn't be able to travel to tournaments can uh, participate. And then you have a couple players here that I personally have not heard of uh, making a showing a top eight, right? That, I feel like that's something that's really important to showcase, like, the people who don't have the opportunity to go travel and to go compete. Yeah. yeah. It was something 100%. I talked about. Uh, something I talked about with uh, Hydra Marine getting top six in mm-hmm. from Turkey in the uh, CPT event last week. Yep. You know, it's an opportunity for players that you might not necessarily have heard of, scenes you might nece- not necessarily get to see as much of, take their place in the spotlight. And it is awesome to see. Yeah, and the one thing I do want to address as far as this line of uh, this train of thought goes is that there's a lot of people. There are a lot of people. Let me English correctly. There are a lot of people that uh, that will say, "Oh, it's online. They're only there because lag." Blah 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 blah. Fuck that. If we look mm-hmm. at that list, everybody that we expect to be there on the top nine is there. If we look at yeah. every other list of every other game, everybody we expect to be on top eight, top nine, top thirteen are all there. So the results are usually the same and so it it says something about online right that we usually don't want to admit is that it's all about the players still yeah is it a different court absolutely but we're seeing this kind of the same results yeah we're seeing kind of the same results so you know i think that uh i think that whole argument of ah it's online people just scrub their way there is uh officially as my word is law discredited it there we go. It's sort of, I, I think the best analogy I can make for this is poker, where, you know, mm. you might have some randomness in a single hand, but players don't measure themselves over a single hand. They measure right. themselves over long-term gains and losses, and the players who are good at playing offline, most of the time they're going to be pretty darn good at playing online as well, mm-hmm. and vice versa, when they get a chance to, to play. Yeah. I'm a fan. Anyway, I just wanted to address that because that's been something that's been bothering me. People keep saying that shit. No, Fuck off. It's important. It's important to mention it, especially when you're cosplaying Birdie, you know? Yep. 
My my favorite. <laughs> my favorite character is Street Fighter Five. Steve, 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 I was not ready for that. Hold on. I was only gonna say one. There we go. I was not ready for that. It's about his God. Say it once. To be fair, <laughs> it's ple- been two weeks since I've made the joke. Oh, it's good. <laughs> so. Can you? Can you please, instead of just shaving it all off at the end of the month, let the beard grow and turn it into like an extra long handlebar, please, with with like curls and the wax job, please. I am begging you, Steve. I want you to understand something. I'm not counting down the days or anything, but I was planning on shaving in about nine days. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get rid of this thing. I already hate facial hair enough as it is, but I let the chat decide my fate for a month, so I am here. Uh, I'm, 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 a, I'm a person of my word, so I am here until October, and then this is gone. I've been meaning to... By the way, like this mustache is just getting ridiculous. I hate it. Yeah. And the fact that like you see like the bad facial hair genes of my family here. Like this, like this, th- I shaved all this because Birdie didn't have this, but like this is bad. This is bad, you know. Like it's just. It's I feel just, bad because it's like I want to keep saying, you know, give it time, but like it's been an entire no, month. Like, yeah, it's not no, yeah, <laughs> no. Look, I have not shaved since the pandemic started, and then I, you guys made me shave this. <laughs> oh man, uh, Helan, we love you. That's, that's give so it a couple weird. months, we'll have another chance yeah. of doing one of these. <laughs> you know what else we love though? What do we love? We love. We love the Capcom Pro Tour. When because do we love they it? Had... What a great segue. Great. I, I'm, I'm, learning, I'm learning from the best. I've been watching Say Jam all week. Oh, I thought you were going to uh, say me, but okay. I really thought he was going to say me, like, and I'm actually <laughs> he hurt right now. <laughs> <laughs> he, said, okay. he said the one person uh, that's not currently here. It's like, I was like, I have a 50-50 chance of being chosen, but I really want to thank Swagenheimer for yes. bringing it in. With the thanks four sub, months you know, in a row. Four months. Out. That's kind of crazy. The best segue here out there, honestly. Swagenheimer, we thank you for it. And I know he's celebrating the win for uh, the Las Vegas Raiders last night in their new home stadium, representing the Vegas scene now. So enjoy it. <laughs> that didn't uh, sound salty at all. Just, just a little. Cause, <laughs> yeah, there, there, there are some teams that have won two games. Uh, there are some teams that have lost two games, but that's okay. Circle of life. We're moving on to the Capcom Pro Tour. Um, someone who's always winning. You know, we talk about winning two, losing two. It doesn't matter. It's As long as you get to the end, that's all that matters. And Sien is the master of getting to the end. He is your winner in the Southeast Asia number two event, taking it over bravery in the grand final. Oswald and Branding rounding out the all-Singapore top four. But again, name up top, Sien. And for the eighth straight year, thus far the only person able to make this claim, he is qualified for every single Capcom Cup. That's wow. impressive. Way to go, Sien. Sien Pai, as they say. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know what's kind of funny? With the exception of Sien, every other Singaporean in that top eight has an English name. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. If I had, if I didn't know they were from Singapore, I would imagine this is like in the UK or in the US or something. Bravery, Oswald, Brandon, Dixon. 
What about Aaron? 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 Aaron Manurang. That's kind of. It's kind of not one hundred percent English, and the spelling of of Aaron's kind of weird. Yeah, I wonder if I wonder if that's pronounced differently. I'm very. It's Indonesian. Uh, yeah, so. I'm very ignorant as to what uh, the language they speak in Indonesia or what it sounds like. Unfortunately, there's several different languages. There's several different ones. Man. Indonesia is made of like a, a a large, a lot of provinces. <laughs> oh man, I wish I knew more stuff, but I don't. Uh, but here's another example, right? CN qualifying. Sian is a, an amazing player. He has qualified for every Capcom Cup just because this one's online. Doesn't mean he's not in it. There he is. He's grinding hard. Angry Egg Tart, tying for 13th. Just wanted to shout that one out. I like that name. Uh, are there any other names we recognize here? This, this, is another, this is another one of those instances where I don't recognize many names here, but I'm sure they're all amazing players in the uh, Southeast Asia scene. Yeah, um... Bravery, Brandon Dixon, uh, Mind RPG especially. Um, they, they're all regular names uh, when you go out to, uh, say, like Tiger Uppercut or any of those mm. other Southeast Asia events. You'll see, you'll see them do well. Gotcha. Cool. All right. Now, um, here is if one you... question that I have. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to ask, just as an aside, right? Do you feel at all that the fact that you know one now uh, every single qualifier to the Capcom Pro Tour, you know what I mean, has gives him gives him a certain type of I would say experience clout bonus if he now proceeds to win this year. Hmm. Has he won a Capcom Pro Tour or uh, like a Capcom Cup rather before? No, right? He's won Evo. I think. Yeah, he's won Evo a series of times, but I don't think he's actually won Capcom Pro Cup. Yeah. Pro Tour. uh, A a tour yet. I know he's won, like, a couple of different events inside of the tour, but, like, I don't think he's actually, like, gotten the most points at the tour. Mm -hmm. To my knowledge, that's always been, like, Daigo. Like, easy running, right? Yeah, Daigo or Punk or... um, Yeah. Or Tokido, Tokido, Infiltration, those guys. Yeah, but it's usually, like, you can name... Almost right. all of them, but right. I've never seen I've never seen them. So I guess my 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 thought is: does, Do you feel as though this shows that he has that drive this year? Especially since it's really really easy. I feel, especially in an online scene, to you know not necessarily put as much weight into it when you play. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Well, I think the I'm a big fan of consistency, right? I think consistency is mm-hmm. kind of like the big barometer for how good someone is and the fact that he's been making capcom cups since 2013 that's almost a decade <laughs> mm-hmm. right and he's been getting to uh depending on the format like the top 32 players in the world so yeah i i think and that it, cements him at least in that pantheon of people uh and and he made top three three times two-time runner-up uh there we go there we go there we go third, that's why yeah. that's what i'm remembering okay ones. I was so, like, I don't think he's won, but he's definitely okay. Yeah, yeah he's always close. there, and that's the thing. And he's yeah, always yeah. like working. He's always grinding. I remember, um, 2016. I was at final round, which was the opening for the Capcom Pro Tour that year, and he took it uh, with Ibuki. Mm. And that was one of those things where like he was doing some shit with Ibuki that nobody ever thought of. Excuse me, because that character was so new. Uh, and as soon as people started seeing some of the shit that he was doing with it, like they just it got their minds blown. And then now everybody's doing it. So he's one of those people that like really like grinds hard and like really finds like some crazy shit my uh, monsters yeah yeah no he's great and he's super nice too i shook his hand once he was like hey thanks i was like thank you 
Hey, thanks. Shake my hand, Elon. Talk about it later <laughs> on a podcast. Yep. <laughs> he, he, that's what he said for me. Uh, <laughs> but, uh... What a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Um, anyway, so congrats to Tian for still being in the Capcom Pro Tour for three years short of a, uh, short of a decade at this point. No, mm -hmm. two years? Two years short of this, a decade. This, this, yeah, this is number eight in a row. So Two years more. Um, and then you get a special plaque. I mean, it'd be I cool to see if... I want them to do something special like that. <laughs> Let's be real. If he does. But um, we can figure... We can find out who else is going to join him at Capcom Cup this weekend as yeah. we look at what's coming up. Look into uh, your crystal on... ball, Steve. Sorry for interrupting. That's okay. On Thursday, uh, the preseason series continues for the Street Fighter League uh, with Sien versus Human Bomb in the main, main event. Also some love for Australia uh, with uh, Travis Styles versus Somniac. Uh, Celtic Throwdown, the final week of that takes place this weekend with Street Fighter V and Tekken. Uh, the Tekken Online Challenge comes back stateside for the U.S. East region uh, this weekend. And you also have uh, the Capcom Pro Tour going to South America for the second South American event. Uh, on Capcom Fighters, man, that's a we're back to normal, except the mm -hmm. events are online. But this feels like a regular <laughs> packed weekend. But Steve, yeah, I you mean, also you also forgot a couple of things in there. Oh, oh yeah, oh, you, yeah. You, go, go ahead. Let's let's start the clock, shall we? All right. Steve forgot a couple of things, so I'm going to start the clock. I also have the bell ringing as the clock starts, so don't be surprised. It's not this over, it's just beginning. This is my favorite new addition to yep. the stream, by the way. So <laughs> I'm going to tee it up, and then we can just go ham and uh, talk about stuff. So one thing Steve forgot to put on there is that Tokyo Game Show is this weekend. It's been a long time coming, and we have a lot to discuss. So let's begin the clock. The big thing. That's so cheesy. I love it. The big thing that everybody's looking forward to is that Capcom showed off what their schedule is going to be for Tokyo Game Show. And in their schedule, there's a big old block that says Street Fighter V presentation. What does that mean? Discuss. You would expect it to be a show off of Dan. We'll get a little more details on Dan, an actual look, uh, not through Handycam. One would expect. <laughs> Uh, if it's going to be anything beyond that, I don't necessarily think so. But uh, that is going to take place on Saturday night, and I will get the times for that in just a moment. Yep. So, Steve, Steve, you're not or you're not optimistic as far as like getting a release date or anything like that. You still think it's super far down the line, right? Yeah, I, th I think we're gonna we might get a uh, release date range, but I wouldn't necessarily pencil in a date yet gotcha sharpie do you have any thoughts on what we can see from capcom coming in uh tokyo game show as far as the street fighter 5 presentation goes or actually anything else i would be really surprised if they didn't announce a price uh, i'm sorry a, a date honestly i feel like i feel like that level of marketing wouldn't just be wasted on 
it's a huge reach. It's a huge reach. Mm -hmm. You know, like there's a really large demographic of people that are going to be watching it that aren't like hardcore players. So um, why would they waste? Why would they waste all of that time exclusively catering to just gameplay? Like we love gameplay. You know, we love it. We love to see it. We can like uh, theorycraft the stuff out of it. But everyone wants to actually know when it will happen so they can start prepping for it. everyone wants to know what weekend they should dedicate to it and when you get into the more casual basis of players especially like street fighter 5 players people that are just watching things just randomly for it like just offhand like they there's no way there's no way they don't announce an actual release date for this character there's no way <laughs> yeah so here's what I, well okay so i i'm i am a person who loves the hype i love the excitement around this kind of stuff right so here's what I th I'm going to tell you what I think and I'm going to tell you what I'm hoping for and I'm going to tell you what mm. I think will happen. So those are the three. Mm. I'm going to zoom in on myself even though I hate doing it. Uh, <laughs> so what I think is going to happen is this. They're going to probably show off more Dan. They're going to talk about the costume contest stuff, right? That's going to be a big thing because that's been something that's been uh, rolling around the internet for a hot minute even though I think we know who won at this point. Uh, so they might show completed versions of it. Who knows? Uh, but they're definitely going to talk about Dan. And if they do not talk about Dan, then that's a big issue because then it feels like the Capcom of old. Now, yeah. as we know, Ono left, and there has been a lot of rumblings about the way Ono running things causing problems. So now that we have the actual director of Street Fighter V and one of the lead producers who are kind of the faces as far as that other presentation went, I think we're going to be seeing a lot more uh, stuff than we're used to seeing. So my hope for what we're going to see is... Dan, a release date, and then a preview of the next character. Those are oh, the, wow. three, the three things. You uh, think there'll be a new character announcement, possibly? I think, well, we know who, is it, Ro no, is it Rose who was second? Who's coming down in uh, next year? I don't remember. I think it was either Rose or it was uh, Oro. I'm assuming it was Rose. Uh, Rose is next. Thank you, Infinite Spark. Uh, Rose isn't till spring of next year, though, so I think it's going. Yeah, to that's be why I. That's why I would be surprised if I got if we, we if we got notice of her. That's not to say that she's probably not in development, but like at this point, we're not even we're not even really in like Q four officially mm. yet. So it'd be really surprising to me if they had footage that they could actually show off besides just possibly like a little teaser trailer for Rose, which I don't even feel like they would put it out this early unless they already. Uh, wanted to boost sales of Dan, which like I can't imagine they would mm -hmm. do unless they post the date. But also, why would you post the date instead of waiting for that date and then coming out with a more finished product? That would that would be the smarter thing, I believe, on Capcom's front if they were going to release a new character. Yeah, no, um, that sounds that sounds smart and way more logical than what I had in mind. <laughs> but uh, but here's the thing too: Are they going to announce a new season pass? with it mm. is that what's going to happen are they going to announce dan announce a season pass and since we already know who the characters are we already know who we're paying for right we even know the general date of when we're getting the stuff that we're paying for somebody else brought up um a sleeping master in the chat brought up uh something that i completely had forgotten until just now the new mechanic right with dan is coming that new mechanic so i think i'm going to change my answer what i'm assuming we're going to see are new character dan they're going to go in-depth into the new mechanic, and I think that might be most of the hour. Uh, and I think at the very end, they're just going to show, like, a teaser of what Rose might look like in fully rendered 3D. Mm -hmm. Just a model. 
maybe like a voice. I have an unrelated question. The timer has been going now for what, 15 minutes? Five minutes? Is it supposed to be a 15 minute timer? Yeah. Or I thought so it was yeah, a five, five minute timer. Five no, minutes. You, it's, it's 15, and then we can extend it for five if we so choose. If yes. one of us. Okay, so it was extended twice already? No, it started at 15. Oh, gotcha. And it's been gotcha, counting gotcha, down. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So, so, for those of you that don't know, uh, the new thing we're doing here is there's a doomsday timer down there. So, we have 15 minutes to discuss the topic, and then each one of us uh, in our group of three here per show can extend that timer once by five minutes. Um, so that's what I'm, th but anyway, back to the topic, because again, we're on the clock. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm assuming we're going to get some Dan footage. I'm assuming we're going to get some, uh, look into this new mechanic and I'm assuming we're going to get like a little bit of a teaser of what, what we're, what, what we can expect for Rose. That's where I'm at. What do you guys think? Is, 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 is this viable? Granted, I, if we see a release date for Dan, if they're like, oh, you can get him at the end of October. I'm cool with that. I just think it's way too soon, uh, especially with how work cycles have been slowed because of the pandemic, mm -hmm. it, to expect to see anything significant on Rose or any other character other than Dan. So mm -hmm. I think it's going to be, if we'll probably see a good chunk of Dan. Uh, I'm not sure we'll get a release date. I, I, I'm I'm saying no, but I wouldn't be surprised if I'm wrong on that. Um, and pro and probably a, a lot good long look at the new mechanic, but I wouldn't I wouldn't expect to see anything uh, on the 2021 slate at this presentation. Yeah, me either. Honestly, okay. like that, I, I I would expect to see that a little bit later in the year, probably November, I think is when we can start to expect to see it being teased because that's when we're going to start the holiday season. That's where we're going to start seeing the whole, Hey guys, get your wallets ready for this, you know, type thing. I, I feel like that has been historically the time when we've seen a lot more announcements in yeah. general uh, from characters, especially knowing how this past year has been just in general for development cycles across the board. Um, that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. And the other thing, too, is uh, October is the beginning of the new fiscal year, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, fiscal, yeah, yeah, fiscal that's quarter, the start of Q4. Sorry, yeah. 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 Um, no, I know what you meant. On last week's show, I vaguely remember, I don't have the information still up, but uh, we looked at when Capcom has originally released stuff. And granted, since this year has been just such a clusterfuck, I'm pretty sure it doesn't matter. But one of the things that we saw that was a trend was... There was a lot of characters being released either uh, early October or in December. And that was because that's when the Capcom Pro Tour finals would always happen in December. So we always saw, uh, we would always see like a big release in December that would then lead to uh, into the new year. So I think they might as well just keep going with that, right? Are they going to save Dan to... Uh, to release Dan in the Capcom Pro Tour Finals? Because I think that's in January? That's going to be at some point early in 2021. So that oh, would we don't be have after. We don't have a date yet. We okay. don't have anything firm. So that's going to make... Okay. If that's the centerpiece, uh, that might be where we find out about Rose. Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't mm -hmm. expect uh, anything. I do have uh, times for some of the other... Some, some of the uh, fighting game-related presentations there. Go for it. Mm -hmm. Um. So, the Capcom uh, presentation will take place Saturday at 9.05 p.m. local time Japan.
That is 8.05 a.m. Eastern, 5.05 a.m. Pacific. Uh, After that, at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific, uh, will be the Street Fighter League Japan opener. Uh, A little earlier in the day, uh, 3.10 a.m. Eastern, 12.10 p.m. Pacific, uh, there will be uh, part of the Koei Tecmo presentation. Mm-hmm. Nothing on the slate for Dead or Alive Five or, or uh, Dead or Alive, excuse me. Uh, but they do have some Dead or Alive Venus Vacation news coming up. <laughs> oh so boy! If, if that's your thing, that's your thing. Uh, Cat, uh, excuse me. Bandai Namco does have a presentation as well, but mm-hmm. nothing for Tekken. Nothing listed for Soul Calibur or DBFZ. In, in that presentation. Uh, same I will thing say with... that, that that doesn't surprise me. They just did the whole Dragon Ball announcement a couple of weeks ago, so mm-hmm. they're kind of tapped on content. And Arc System Works, uh, they do have some uh, presentation time, but they've already confirmed that there will be no, not to expect any new news for uh, Guilty Gear Strive. Okay. So. Here's another thing I wanted to point out that I just thought of. And by I just thought of, I mean, I read it in the chat. <laughs> uh, PlayStation 5 now has a date, and it's November 12th. Mm-hmm. Do you think Capcom can possibly announce a PlayStation 5 version of Street Fighter V? Ooh. That's if spicy. they do, if, well, one, uh, they already have... Uh, I would expect if that's going to happen, it's going to be simply through PS4 backwards compatibility, mm-hmm. not necessarily uh, a new PS5 version like we got with Ultra on uh, PS4. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wouldn't really necessarily expect any big announcement with that. That might be something that they're working on uh, on the pipeline, but I wouldn't necessarily expect that to be a big, massive uh announcement type thing yeah because here's here's something that i've been thinking about uh the more i've been seeing about the street fight or i'm sorry the playstation 5 stuff is since the whole thing about the playstation 5 is that the load times are super quick you can pull and write information faster than ever before at the speed of light Mm -hmm. how is that going to affect fighting games are we finally going to get lower latency games will things finally work like we want them to or is everything going to remain unchanged? And that's why part of me thinks that maybe a PlayStation 5 version is going to be a better responsive version of Street Fighter V, if they announce it. Well, here's my thing, right? Uh, A number of the problems that we're seeing regarding latency and input are exclusively due to the netcode, specifically right now, right? Which is not to say that the PlayStation 4 itself doesn't optimize um, hard drive use and resources to make it so that it doesn't load as fast because it it does still load considerably slower than the PlayStation 5. But what I think is that I don't think we'll really see the huge influx and uh, latency de- delay uh, decrease that we'll see inside of fighting games and that we see inside of other games specifically. Because I think that fighting games, um, while they do use quite quite a large number of processes. Uh, The number of fighting games that we have now that call a ridiculous number of assets is so uh, small, I think, compared to, like, uh, other game genres where you're calling in multiple players in the same time at the exact same uh, area or something like that, not even including, like, the latency. You know what I mean? I just don't feel like 
uh, we're going to really see that for PlayStation 5 games, unless we get, like, some huge Battle Royale fighting game. <laughs> but I don't, cool. I don't expect that to happen. That'd be pretty Please. cool, Battle Royale fighting game? <laughs> Steve's, like, broken right now. He's like, wait, 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 I didn't even think that of those happen? words. <laughs> Oh no, no wait, that, I was going to bring this up later, I was going to bring this up later, uh, and I don't want to use my extending now, because I know we have a couple of topics that I want to talk about later, but I do actually want to talk about that possibility, because I wasn't just pulling it out of my ass, I did actually have something I wanted to back that up with, uh, so Ooh, okay. I'll bring that in a little bit later. I, I looked over the topics, Steve, I know I may not be talking that much, because I don't watch like Street Fighter like that, but I know my topics, okay? I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> professional, she is a professional. I shared the with you. I, I have shared the doc with you. I'm prepared. I, I, I'm glad you are prepared as well. Okay. Before we run out of time, we have 56 seconds left. So final thoughts. Uh, Steve doesn't think we're going to see a release date. Sharpie wants to see a release date because it sounds smart. I want to see everything. We'll see what happens this weekend at Tokyo Game Show. I probably should have saved that line for when the timer run out, not 45 seconds before the timer runs out. Because now we I'm could just have ca- just kept talking. We could have just kept talking, Segway artist. Yep. <laughs> well, I, you know, this is the part where I say a sentence with a lot of words because I'm trying to kill 30 seconds. But you know, it's okay. Um, the one thing I will say though is uh, I'm kind of sad that there's no uh, no Tekken stuff for Bandai Namco. You know, because I want to know more about more Tekken stuff. But if they I, ain't I, got nothing. I, like I said, I think it's, you know, with how slow as things have been uh, in terms of work cycles, I'm not all that surprised. We'll probably get it significantly later than we did in previous seasons. Yep. Well, so tune in to Tokyo Game Show this weekend. Uh... I did it. <laughs> <laughs> Still count. Still count. Bravo. Still counts. <laughs> I like that timer. I'm just watching the timer go down, and he's like, this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically the equivalent of, like, when you've got a book report due tomorrow, and yep. it's, like, three pages, but you only got two and a half. And so you put the, you, you make the Nevertheless. Font, yeah, you make the font, like, a 12.5, you make the spacing 1.4, you know. Oh, no, no, 12.1. 12. You gotta 1. be subtle about it. You gotta be subtle about it. I once, Speaking I once... of subtlety, somebody has announced a couple of dates that they can pre-order their console to compete with a couple of other consoles in a really subtle battle. But I'm not going to say who. I'm going to let Elon take point on that. That's okay. how you segue, sir. <laughs> I, right. I'm the stats guy. I'm not the segue guy. <laughs> okay, well, I'm let's still just... Studying. Have you ever? Well, have you guys ever... is too budget for this cast. You guys got me. You got to deal with it. Okay. No, it was good. It was good. Look, we don't need Sajam. We got Sharpie, and sometimes me. Only when my brain works. Uh, have you guys ever taken Segway tours though? Those are weird. Anyway, <laughs> all right. Let's talk about what. <laughs> let's talk about what Sharpie set up perfectly that I am ruining right now. So let's start the timer. So. Sony had their uh, big price reveal slash reveal date announcement on Wednesday immediately after our show. Followed by a whole bunch of botching pre-release orders. Uh, Microsoft then announced that they opened up their pre-release earlier this week. And by earlier this week, I mean over the weekend. And they're all gone as well. So there's been a weird thing happening here where 
Microsoft will drop the ball on something. Sony will then prop up being like, hey, we're not doing what they're doing. And then Sony fucks something up. And then Microsoft's like, hey, we're not doing what they're doing. So Microsoft currently with a better organized pre-release, uh, or I'm sorry, pre-order uh, system than Sony. Sony actually went to Twitter and other social forms of social media to apologize for botching their pre-order. Uh, I actually saw the tweet and it was like, hey, we're, we're you know, we fucked up. It's fine. Uh, even though it's not fine. So we thought y'all didn't have money. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> the the big thing was Sony touted that but Sony immediately was like, hey, we're going to do a raffle pre-order system, right? Where you have to sign up. You're going to be put on a raffle. If you win this raffle, you can you get the opportunity to pre-order our system that I did not get into. So I'm immediately upset. And I'm sure as is like 80% of the world. But one thing that Sony did not announce that happened was that retailers immediately after the showing of when the release date was coming out, put up pre-orders. Nobody knew except the people who assumed that would happen. Those are the smart people. And now nobody has a pre-order. And it's a bunch of people who are scalping. And now you can buy a PlayStation for like $50,000 on eBay. What do you guys think about all this shenanigans? I'll start. I will say I think that this is par on the course for Sony, right? Uh, The last couple of years, we have seen Sony botch a lot of releases in general for their consoles. Uh, PlayStation 4 Pro didn't go so great. (laughs) The PlayStation Slim was weird the way that they announced it. And now that Microsoft started the clock with the announcement, um, we're seeing them kind of rush and fumble the opportunity to, to, to really do this. Because if they had done this properly, if they had announced, here is your opportunity, it could have been a great, uh, it could have been a great, like, co-opted moment for both Amazon and Sony to prosper. Honestly, it could have, it could have been beautiful. Players would have been really, really happy. People would have been really uh, excited for the opportunity to throw their money at Sony yet again. But them doing this in the midst of like people already having to be cautious of how they spend their money just makes it seem like Sony doesn't really care, right? Like they're just more concerned about people uh, not buying Microsoft items right now. And I think that that comes across very, very obvious on their platform, even when they're like, okay, we messed up. Even with them saying that they're like, but what was the plan? What was the plan to reimburse everyone that had already scheduled and was trying to do it? Like, what is the plan for that? And they're like, we don't really have one right now, but if you give us a little bit longer, here's what we can do, but that's also not going to work. That's, that's super messy. That's super terrible. By, uh, by, by comparison, Microsoft's launch was nowhere near as nice as, as Sony tried to be, but the reality is, is that the fact that they made it available to vendors in a timely manner and made it so that people that wanted to pre-order could still could get it left people with more of a positive taste in their mouth than they got from sony because right now people are still trying to buy the playstation 5 but we're not even going to talk about nvidia here because it's like i i I, if you got if you got if you got a 30 50 or a 30 80 or whatever like god bless you because you just like literally turned in all of your luck for the rest of your life honestly like you just nothing else good is going to happen to you that's just that's just how the world works i'm sorry yep machines got all the 3080s and if you're a human that got it then yeah like Treppy said better go throw quarters at a lucky shrine or something but um yeah it's so funny because 
I, I, it feels like it's one of those things where these pre-orders, which are supposed to be like very monumental, right? It's like the one time that people can fork over their money to finally get the console that they want. And, or even like GPU or anything. And mm -hmm. it gets to a point where people can't buy it. Uh, and this is and this has been a problem with a lot of things, right? Uh, as far as like on release or pre-release, uh, there isn't enough supply to meet the demand of the people. Uh, are they, are they doing this shit on purpose? It just feels like at this point they're doing this shit on purpose, right? Because it's it generates Can I hype. In again? Go ahead, no, you, go ahead. We are in the middle of a preventable pandemic quarantine right. situation right so uh, no one is traveling right now and when i say no one i mean people with like more than three brain cells are not traveling right mm -hmm. now uh people are saving money because they don't know when uh commodities will be available again and so what a lot of these companies are depending on are the fact that people will be consuming but i don't think they understand the rate at which people are going to start consuming uh entertainment items because right now we are stuck inside of our homes. We are, we, we can't, I can't go to an event right now. I can't go drive up to Xanadu and just go play like Tekken or something tomorrow if I wanted to. I have to get a console to do that myself. And there are a lot of people in the world who have to do that right now. You can't just share a console with your best friend or go over to your best friend's house and play it. There are a lot of people that have never had an opportunity to just sit at home and game that are now working exclusively from home and have an opportunity to do that. And I feel like a lot of these electronic companies are underestimating how many people are looking for entertainment right now, specifically inside of the gaming sector. And so I think a lot of these overdriving moments are caused because there's this huge influx of community members that aren't usually uh, considered gamers and aren't usually inside of the gaming community that are now hopping in here just because they're like, well, I have free time, I'm working from home, I want to be able to do something fun, I want to be able to play this new game that I just saw announced or whatever on Twitter or Instagram or TikTok, and I want to grab it. And so they get the console, and that's, I mean, one less gamer that was already going to get the console. You know what I mean? So I think there are a lot of things in place, and there are a lot more people with more free time that a lot of these companies or not necessarily counting on in addition to like all the bots that are already happening at this level just that huge influx causes for larger reaction causes for for larger uh larger things to sell out and crash and fail than i think people had encountered previously because i mean we kind of saw it with the playstation 4 on release no one saw this for the xbox one and that's not even that's not even xbox's fault like that's just Come on, Microsoft. You know, like, yet again, come on, Microsoft. But, like, this year, they've been so good at marketing in general because they have to, because they haven't had that much income, because they know there won't be very much income in these next, this coming up holiday season, that they feel the need to over-market these items, and they're getting a lot more feedback from that marketing than I think they're expecting. And I think that's why we're seeing the large crashes that we're seeing, because no one's no one's expected this huge influx of people. No one's expecting it. Well, the other thing you got to keep in mind too is that, you know, we you didn't have this much hype over a pre-order um, for previous console for launches, mm -hmm. um, and I think part of that has to do with the fact that production has, you know, we haven't gotten confirmation that it's taken a hit, but it you have to assume that they haven't been able to produce as many units of these systems as they would like to, to have at launch simply because, you know, 
production's been slowed for the last eight, six, eight months. So mm-hmm. it's 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 a very tough situation. Um, I do the thing that interests me was the price. We finally found out what uh, price they're going at. Uh, it is going to be uh, four ninety nine for the uh, for the version that uses physical discs. Three ninety nine for the PlayStation Five digital version. So one hundred dollars more than the Xbox Series S. Um, but the top of the line consoles are going to both be at that four ninety nine price point. Um, what do you guys think of that? Is that the cheapest console on launch that has been launched? As far as Microsoft and Sony go. I think that's one of the cheapest cheapest launches that we've seen from Sony, personally. And Steve, you can you can fact check me here. But I don't I don't think I've ever seen Sony go that low on release. Mm-hmm. Um even when they were competing against other 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 uh, I wanna say like I don't know if they're called publishers or just companies. Are they just called companies at that level? Because they're not publishers, right? They're just companies, yeah, I, think it's I just guess. Companies, yeah, we, we can yeah like I, I don't. It. <laughs> and I, so, I, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was going to say. So uh, PlayStation uh, launched at two ninety nine uh, for the PS one and the PS two. Um, okay. In real dollars, though, I think. Uh, that's a little I, bit more I, expensive I, than this. I, I, I think it's a little bit less expensive because I know inflation has kicked in, but I don't think inflation has kicked in uh, 60% over 20 years. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Well, then then negate what I'm saying. It's still a really large price cut for Sony standard, and I think everyone can appreciate that. I feel like, uh, first of all, for the tech that's inside of both of these these Sony consoles, both, the play, both versions of the players. Station 5, I still really love it at that price point. I feel like Sony does a great job of understanding what uh, will actually last and what will be used at a relatively high level and what will be what will what will help have a good gaming experience. And I feel like they cut that price point really, really well for it. Um, I still don't like the Xbox at that price point. I still don't like it. Like, I still feel like it's not 100% worth, especially since the price that you have to pay for online is so exorbitant to me, like compared to, uh, compared to, to Sony's PlayStation Plus, it, it just seems like a lot more <laughs> um, over time, which is kind of annoying to me. But I, I really like the PlayStation 5 at this price point, And I'm if not for the fact that like this whole terrible debacle with the pre-orders and everything had happened, I would have already pre-ordered too, honestly. Um, but that's just me. Um, I do, we, um, there was one other bit of information that we kind of got to fold into this. Um, mm-hmm. Yesterday, do uh, you want to take this, Alon? You go for it. Okay, so yesterday, Microsoft had one more announcement up their sleeves. Uh, they bought. They announced the purchase of ZeniMax. Oh, uh, it's going to be a different topic. <laughs> we'll save oh, it for I a different we were topic. Combining. No, no, no. We'll save it for okay. a different topic. Okay, so my bad. My bad. Forget you heard anything over the last 30 seconds. Yes. Let me bust out the Men in Black uh the, if the we don't, I, I do want to add. If we don't combine it, we may slightly run over stream time because right now we're at like the half mark, and we haven't even started on half of our topics. 
Okay, fine. Then we'll, 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 I'll, I'll just use my timer extension here and we'll talk about this and the next topic because the next topic actually ties into exactly what we're talking about and it's the price. Xbox, when they announced their price, they announced that not only is the Xbox Series S, S going to be 300 bucks, 200 bucks, 300 bucks, and the X is going to be 500 bucks, they also announced something that I have never seen before as far as consoles go and they announced a financing option. And this financing mm-hmm. option for the Series S is 25 bucks. Well, let me pull out the website just to make sure I have it right. Uh, but I believe it's 25 smackaroos a month. And you get not only this console, but you also get access to the Xbox um, Game Pass, which has a ridiculous... Yeah, it's $25 a month for the Xbox Series S and $35 a month for the Xbox Series X. So not only do you get the console for... $35 or $25 a month, you also get access to the Xbox Game Pass, which has hundreds and hundreds of games. They even put new releases on there. So they've essentially created a subscription system where you don't need to buy new games. You don't need to do anything. You just get to enjoy this ridiculously large library just by play- by paying this monthly fee. And it's, I feel like that's a much more attractive offer than saying, hey, drop 400 bucks right now when you can pay 25 to $35 a month. And you also get the console with that financing yep. as well? Yep. Yes. So the entire time you're basically renting a console. I think once you once you reach the the price, you're done and then the console and the console's yours. Well yeah, it's it's not just leasing. It's basically a special line of credit. So so mm. you're opening up a, a, a credit card with them for that basically covers the cost of the console. Ooh, gamers. Is this where we are? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> Is this where we are, gamers? <laughs> well, I mean, it's not that big of a stretch. I mean, think about how Sorry, comparing it. now, <laughs> comparing uh, the market now versus the market versus for the PS4 launches, nope. <laughs> the Xbox Series One or uh, the Xbox One. Uh, it's we're so used to the subscription model now. I mean, think of how many. Uh, how many streaming services you're subscribed to? You're probably on. Uh, if you got a PS One or a PlayStation, you've got uh, PlayStation Network or Xbox Live. You know this. You got Spotify. You've got all of these other subscriptions. This just feels like an extension of that. Mm-hmm. As dirty as it sounds, it. I don't think it's necessarily the massive change that I that it feels like. No, but it does sound like a much Let me better. Let tell value. you why it's going to fail. Let me tell you right now. Go for it. Because notoriously, Gen Zers hate this shit. They hate it. Uh, someone in chat said that it sounds predatory. I'm right there with you. And Gen Z is not going to fall for that. $30, $35 a month, $25 a month, I'm not paying that for a game console. I will tell you who will, though. I will tell you who will. Anyone above the like 25 and plus age group will 100% pay it for video games. I don't think anybody underneath will, though. I don't think anybody will. I think everyone's going to see straight through it. I think this is a grab at a point in time that is um, essentially saying that Microsoft says, we understand we can't go any lower than Sony can here. We understand that our product may not necessarily have the same specs and may not necessarily have the same games. And so our thing will be, we will be the budget cost. So what you're probably going to see is you're going to see a lot of parents getting these deals for their kids. I don't think I don't think anyone between like the ages of honestly like seventeen and, and twenty five would be super buying into this. 
genuinely i don't i don't i can't see it like i just i see it and i'm just like i i have friends that are like 22 and they still won't get a credit card like they still won't like i can't see anyone that's just like oh yeah well i can get this very expensive console for $35 a month and if i don't they take everything away from me no i'm not signing that like <laughs> i can't imagine anyone does that yep. i'm 30 i'm almost 30 and i don't have a credit card so i feel you there like, uh, but I think no one wants to do that. The thing I think that kind of makes me consider this over other subscription services is this. The fact that you get all of the games that you do with it makes it seem like it's a better value, right? Because the thing that they, the thing that Xbox Game Pass does is they'll release either time trials or they'll fully release just a, a brand new game on there. So yeah, yeah. if over time, like, let's say, like, I would spend conservatively i buy one big release game per month so i spend an extra 60 dollars a month after i get the console i don't have to pay that 60 bucks a month right because the games just keep going into xbox game pass and the reason why this all tied down to this conversation is that microsoft bought zenimax for 7.4 billion dollars the first announcement that microsoft made when they bought zenimax is that elder scrolls doom fallout Every other game that ZeniMax Media has made, including Arcane, which is like all the Batman games, the new Deathloop that's coming out. I don't know how that's going to go. Uh, all are coming to Xbox Game Pass. Every single game that company has made that's is coming to Xbox breaker. Game Pass. What they're really yeah. buying is the community there. That's yes. what they're really doing. They're buying the community, and that community that you're talking about there is the exact demographic that I was talking about getting it anyway. The exact targeting demographic that would do that, that has the money for that. You're mm -hmm. not going to see this huge new influx of players, this being a deal breaker for them. You're going to see the old people, because right now they're targeting directly, I'll tell you directly who they're targeting, they're targeting the Sony fanboys. They're targeting us, heavy. Heavy, because they understand the brand of PlayStation. PlayStation has always had this brand of having very polished games being around since the beginning of the consoles uh, started coming out. Like, they know who this is. That Doom purchase, that's huge. That's huge. Uh, Elder Scrolls Online, was it just ZeniMax, or did they also get, they got Bethesda as well? Yeah, right? so ZeniMax so, like, is the company that owns. Yeah, ZeniMax owns oh, okay, everything, okay, cool, so cool, they cool, own cool, Bethesda, cool. Arcane. Yeah. So, Everybody. like, Skyrim, all these games, they're coming directly for 25 and plus gamers right now. They're not worried about getting the next generation of gamers, whereas Sony, I feel, is thinking forward in terms of ages, which is why they're not really budging that hard on the price, personally. That's what, that's what it seems like to me. Uh, and I'm, I will admittedly say that I'm a Sony fangirl, but I'll tell you what, ever since... Kevin Butler told me that you don't have to game as hard, and that's a callback for everyone out here that doesn't watch it to the old commercials that used to come out. But Sony is best. Everyone knows it. Just saying. Let me ask you one that's question. That's how you do a countdown. The timer's up, Steve. What's up? No questions. I'm would sorry. You, I, I ran out of time. Reclaiming my buy... time. Reclaiming my time. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to use my one-minute extension. Uh, that's not how this works. Uh -huh. But go ahead, ask your question. I'll let it fly just this once. I'll allow. Okay. Would you, would you, uh, ex would you buy uh, Xbox Game Pass for ten dollars a month? Xbox Game Pass it. Ultimate. I already have the okay. Game Pass right now. Is what would I would say. say. It's, would you say it's worth ten dollars a month? No, I don't believe so. No. Wow. 
Okay. I, I got it because it was on deal for like $1 and then it just continuously rolled over. And like my mom just never removed her credit card from my Xbox ever. It was really great. So thank you, mom. Appreciate you. Shout outs to my mom. I, if you I, do... I will honestly say that the Game Pass to me, the games that they offer inside of the Game Pass, the games that are available for download, all of them are things that I already own on, play, on, on PC for the most part. They run much better on my PC than they do inside my Xbox One. Uh, the Xbox One is just really inconvenient of a console. To be very brutally honest, it's a super mm -hmm. inconvenient console. It doesn't run smooth. Even, even the X has problems. And just, I got it for PSO2, and I'm disappointed. Like, so. All right, hold on. I'm going to put five more minutes. Oh, man. The other th Because I wanted to... We, we started down this rabbit hole. Now we got to finish it. The other thing I wanted to mention is another one of the big selling points of the Xbox series is that you also don't have to repurchase stuff for your PC, and you can cloud game and play shit on your Android as well. Wow. Okay. You're just trying to upsell me now. Like, I don't know where to go from here. I, I don't have a rebuttal. <laughs> That's too good. Well, I just what? wanted to bring this up. Look, I'm a Sony fanboy too. I have never known an Xbox system. Uh, but the thing is, the, the thing, thing is, does does having that option to have the cross play not not cross, I don't mean cross play as in like two different people playing in the same server. I mean cross yeah, play yeah. as in you're playing your Xbox. Oh shit! I gotta go do work. You go to your desk, you start working. All of a sudden, here's, you can resume the game right here. Or it's like, oh, shit, I got to go get groceries. You start playing it on your phone. Straight over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. See, that, hmm, that, is, that is a monumental game changer in terms of, and that's something that only Microsoft would really be able to pull off. Mm -hmm. Because even though the PlayStation Vita and, like, you know, the Steam versions of games sometimes had cross-links. I, I come from Skullgirls, so, like, that was a huge thing. Uh, the Vita and PlayStation 4 had cross-play. But when you're talking about the ecosystem that allows you to continuously move in-game, that's where it starts getting, wow, you're, you're talking about some game-changing stuff. The whole reason Nintendo stayed relevant, obviously, in the early 2000s was with the Nintendo DS. And that's because it was a portable device that allowed people to move in-game at the same time, specifically children. And so with an entire generation of people that have already grown up with that, with that level of integration, you're going to see a massive influx. That right there is actually game-changing. That is something that I can see actually affecting um, getting people at a much younger demographic than expected specifically from that, and that's dangerous. It depends, honestly, on how well Microsoft implements it, because I'll be honest with you, as someone who played Fantasy Star Online 2 when it came out for NA, uh, specifically when it came out inside of the Microsoft Store, it was a mess. Killer Instinct inside the Microsoft Store, it was a mess. They don't really have anything integrating well with Windows 10 right now in terms of gaming. If they're able to really change that, and I will give Fallout Shelter as a fantastic example, because that's still a game that I play in both the Microsoft Store and on my Android. If they're able to change the way that these larger games integrate, I can see it becoming a really large force um, and a positive in Microsoft's, Microsoft's box, honestly. Yeah, so I, the one thing that, that this makes me think of, and I, I'm, for, I'm old enough where I, when I was in middle school and high school, I didn't have a smartphone. Um, mm -hmm. But I, one thing that I think, when, whenever I hear that like, you can seamlessly play like, from your Xbox to your PC to even to your phone, because now they have the cloud gaming service uh, on Xbox Game Pass, I cannot imagine how kid me would handle being like, playing, playing the game before bed, go to bed. Mom wakes up for school, get on the bus, start playing the game on the bus. 
Like, I would be infinitely happier than I was at the time being able to play video games on my way. I probably would have flunked out of college. Yeah, exactly. I, I probably I, would, too. I, I probably <laughs> like, I was like this close with wow it's like now you're telling me I could have been moving and doing it that's dangerous so <laughs> that type of so yeah having that option I think is kind of like what makes like in addition to having that giant game library uh, having the option to like seamlessly play through the cloud so you can play on your phone you can play on your like you, I think I saw somebody running doom on a pregnancy test recently uh, that was fake that was doctor was it fake oh that that's sad uh it's but, not it's not sad it's the internet but yeah yeah uh but either way why would you think that's real <laughs> well i think so <laughs> i think what happened let people love something well, i think what had happened was that they got a video of doom playing on a pregnancy test but they didn't get the actual game playing uh yeah unless like yeah, i'm that's completely literally wrong. what it was okay yeah no, that's that's exactly what it was. <laughs> yeah. So there we go. Why, we're at a, we, we're at a day where we can see we videos on pregnancy, pregnancy tests. <laughs> why do we have pregnancy tests that play video? You because know why we have actually the that... digital LCD that allows you to do that is actually based off some of the old LCD that you saw inside of those little mini games where it's like every single one has an on and off switch. So if you moved your cursor a certain way, you could get that on and off switch. Certain people figured out how to program it so that it mimicked the, the Doom game. And then they pushed that onto the actual chip that was on the pregnancy test. Yeah, and all of this is like the most amazing things I have ever heard. It's only second to the most am the ma most amazing thing I've ever heard. It's only behind... Which is that we don't have universal health care. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, it's behind uh, something great that just happened. I'm going to wait for the bell to ring, and then I'm going to finish this. Stop. Thank you, Space Dive, for subscribing. You're amazing. <laughs> I was trying to get it there. It didn't go. <laughs> Thank you, Space Dive, for the resub. 19 months, man. That's a, that's a long time. Oh, wait. Did we, did, we, did we name his baby last month? I think we did, right? Yeah. Speaking of naming babies, Indio... 33 months. Thank you. I'm not even going to mention what I just said, but that's okay. Thank you, Indio. Almost Thank three you. years. Three months away from three years. He resubscribed three months away from three years. Wow. That's a lot of threes. Is that good or bad? 33 months. That's, well, it's the opposite of six, and so it's technically lucky, but if it was four, it would be unlucky in, in Japanese because four is also the word for death. Oh. One of the one of the readings for four. Yeah, yeah, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Because there's two. I I took Japanese in high school and I never get to use it. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to use it. But speaking speaking of four and looking forward to the future, I believe there's a Ooh. small announcement that we have regarding the creation of a brand new club that takes place in the future. All Steve, right, you want to go ahead and wanna... on this one? Oh, I was going to give Steve the opportunity okay. to lead, and then I was going to take point. Who wants to do okay. it? I, I will do it. I will I will jump into the future okay. with you. Thank Before you for you acknowledging my segue, chat. I worked really hard on that. I appreciate it. Round of applause all around. All right, Steve, you ready? <laughs> I'm about to start the I'm ready. Here we go. Do it. Oh, shit. Wait, hold on. No. <laughs> Sorry. I forgot, to, I forgot to change it back to 15. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward laughter to fill time. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Oh, I fucking closed it, damn it. My favorite thing about time okay. is how fluid it is. Wouldn't you say, Steve? Time is a concept, a human 
a human construct. Uh, but what else is a construct, at least constructed from members of other uh, old uh, dev companies? Future Club. They announced their birth yesterday. Uh, Future Club, a new co-op development uh, team that is composed of many of the former Lab Zero staffers that left, uh, if you have not been following the story, uh, after all of the uh, allegations around the, uh, surrounding Mike Z's behavior came public, uh, several of the staffers tried to negotiate Mike Z's exit from the company. He refused. Uh, at that point, many high-profiler hope, uh, excuse me, high-profile members of the team left the company, and soon after, uh, the, all of the others who remained were laid off. Many of them have now reformed uh, under Future Dev or Future Club, excuse me. So, uh, mm -hmm. Sharpie, if you want to take it from there. Yeah, of course. Um, so as everyone knows, like Mike Z was a part of Lab Zero Games and the company provided that prior to that, which was Reverge Game. Uh, but the biggest thing coming out of this Future Club dev uh, creation isn't just the fact that Mike Z is gone, but similar to like what uh, Steve stated earlier, is that they are a co-op uh, board. And this was this was essentially what they were trying to do prior to. Uh, everyone leaving Lab Zero games. They were trying to set it up so that uh, the, the levels of control that the employees had was higher and essentially the company didn't reside inside of a singular person, but rather uh, a large group of people, all the employees based on how long they were there. And, and unfortunately, Mike was the biggest foil and the only foil in that process. But the team consists of quite a few people, which you may recognize if you've been playing Skullgirls or you've watched Indivisible or you've really watched any content regarding uh, the promotion of Indivisible Scott Pilgrim or Skullgirls and that uh, friend Francesca, uh, Mariel, who's also known as, as Kenu Cakes. They have uh, Matthew Kumar, who's a design lead. He worked on Indivisible and Sound Shapes. And they have Jonathan Kim, otherwise known as Persona Sama, who's worked on Scott Pilgrim versus the World, Skullgirls and Indivisible. Jessica Allen was one of the cleanup artists inside of Skullgirls and Indivisible. And that's actually a big one um, because I believe that, that they are one of the newer members of the actual creation of the team. They did work previously in both Skullgirls and Indivisible. I don't know if they were considered full-time staff or just a contractor before, but now they are full-time staff at Future Club, which is huge. Uh, AVB, who's a uh, narrative and writer designer uh, for a couple of games, not previously with Lab Zero Games, is a new hire. And then, of course, this is the very, very big one, uh, Earl, who is known inside the Skullgirls community as Render. Now, this is important because back during Skullgirls, specifically Second Encore, and the creation of that, Render worked very, very, very closely with Mike Z on the creation of several characters. I'm talking about Eliza, Big Band. Uh, inside of the community, Render was considered like synonymous basically with, with, with the production that Mike did until like, you know, Render started focusing more on his personal life and his family and everything. And so he like took more of a step back from the community and Mike filled that void. But um, Render was very well known inside the community because he did all these talks at PAX. He did uh, promotional interviews. I interviewed Render back when Indivisible first came out. So Render is a longtime member of the team. And it's interesting because now that Mike is no longer 
uh, uh, inside of the creation of Skullgirls at so at all. It's really, really nice to see them putting a lot of the trust inside of someone that was really, really fantastic at the creation of all these characters inside of the game. And even more importantly, with Annie coming out, we have someone who was the, who was very, very intimately. Um, intimately close with the production of several other DLC characters to move along with the remainder of the task, which is absolutely amazing. And that means that uh, that the character will still feel very Skullgirls in manner when it does, when that character does come out to Skullgirls Second Encore, which I'm incredibly happy about. Uh, I want to touch a little bit more, just very, very quickly, on uh, some subtleties inside of the team that were addressed publicly. And this is just in terms of transparency, because I, I, I believe that Future Club is considered of people that I've always considered to be very ethical, very positive, and very transparent in general. So uh, they did a couple of interviews. One of the interviews that they did was with Vice. And uh, one of the conversations that came up with the interviewer and the interviewees was that, uh, how do you ex expect to create an, a co-op board or a board 100% controlled by the employees? Right, so this is this is what's really cool about it, is they are actually looking at options that reward you and provide you with more power or more say, specifically depending on how long you've been with the company and depending on uh, how many projects you've worked on. So people that that have been there for a very long time, for example, Kenuko who's been here for for ten years or eleven years, and and Franny who's been here now for for five or six years or so. Um, these these people all have a certain amount of power inside the company, which is great. And even more importantly, and this is this is really the rub of all of it, is that the United States government actually doesn't have a specific way of setting up a gaming company as like co-op. So all of this is just being done exclusively on their own um, on their own merit. So this is something that they were all trying to do as legal as possible, but the the way that it's set up inside of this country doesn't necessarily allow that. So a lot of what they're doing is 100% based on the ethics of everyone with the team and what we've seen based on the fact that they would rather leave Lab Zero Games than continue working at a place that's ethical. It means that there's a lot of hope for everything coming out of this company being and treating everyone that works underneath them incredibly fair and incredibly, incredibly respecting of their time, which is something you don't see a lot inside of, and especially inside of uh, indie game development. I don't want to say like, especially inside of indie game development, it's just that indie game devs are at a much higher risk of exploitation than you see inside of AAA games because the idea of being an indie game dev is just, I want to say, you get paid significantly less, and there's also less stability in general. But, I mean, there's less stability in game development in general as well. So it's kind of a moot point. Anyway, that's that. So just for those of us who are dumb, co-op <laughs> basically means that everybody in the company owns the company, correct? Yeah, the, the best way I could think of it is that it's kind of more like a union where you have a board of people that have been there for a certain amount of time and those people on the board have to have been there for a certain amount of time in order to speak essentially on behalf of other members right but as a member you have direct control over who's on the board and who speaks for you and you get to also mm -hmm. choose like whether or not you agree with something that happens on the board and stuff like that that's a real basic way of thinking about it like there's obvious some caveats that i'm not including here because it'd be a, a much longer conversation than we have in the current 17 minutes and 17 seconds but I mean, it's whatever. Seven okay. minutes, fourteen seconds. But yeah, oh, this is good. So, with all the people that are in here, which I was looking at, like some of the game credits that you mentioned, uh, sound shapes, 
and mm-hmm. Scott Pilgrim versus the World. We were talking a little earlier, and we saw that the CEO of Francesca has worked on League of Legends. And, you know, yeah, Shantae was also Shantae was Shantae? also something that Kimiko worked on. Yeah, yeah Shantae, which is uh, the important thing. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Uh, the important thing, and one of the reasons why I've always supported the previous ex- Lab Zero employees, like even before they dissolved and everything, is because everyone on their team is incredibly talented. I know they don't put it on here. Um, I know it's not officially on this website, but Render actually worked with Square Enix for a very long time, and also mm-hmm. translated a significant number of uh, of the content that's inside of Skullgirls to the Japanese version of Skullgirls. He was the one that did that. So like everyone on the team is so multifaceted and it's so uh, fantastic. It's it's really not normal to see that level of polish on an indie game, uh, specifically several indie games that came out that they've made like Skullgirls. And so it's 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 nice because what's going to happen, honestly, with this team is that I really think they're going to soar. Like, the, the next mm-hmm. project that they come out with, even if it's not at all, and I don't expect it to be, I think they said that they were working on something possible to be 2D. I don't know. I feel like I read something like that, but I'm not going to talk too much more about it because there's information I know that I don't want to talk about on stream. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I will say is that there is a lot that you can expect from their games that you won't typically see existing previously in other games. And that always excites Mm. me because the talented people here know even more talented people that they also contract. A famous person that they contracted to work on Skullgirls was Zone. Like, and they had a lot of other very, very talented artists that even just did cleanup work for them. So they are super connected. They are super ethical and they're committed to paying everybody a very fair and reasonable price for their time. Uh, that's that's a beautiful thing to build a company on. Yeah, and the other thing I and wanted to mention you, too. Oh, go ahead, Steve. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, uh, those of you in the chat who are gonna ask what uh, where you know Zone from, don't don't ask. Go okay. ahead. Uh, no, the other thing I wanted to mention is it seems like their team is diversified. Uh, not only in like, uh, not only diversity as in like uh, race, gender, color, uh, et cetera, et cetera, but they're also super diverse in their roles, right? Because one mm-hmm. thing I'm seeing is like they have design leads, they have senior animators, cleanup artists, uh, writers, narrative designers. Uh, so it seems like they really have their shit together just looking at this website because you have somebody who is the clear leader, the CEO. You have a creative director who answers to the CEO. You have a design lead who answers to the creative director and the CEO. And then you have everybody working under them. So it seems like this yeah. is straight up building up to be a recipe for success. So I'm super excited to see where this goes, uh, not only from the credits that they have, but from the way that things seem to be organized, at least. And this is me just looking at it very face value. I don't know what's going on yeah. over there. Uh, but the way that it looks like that they're uh, organized, it looks like it's just going to be like a very good launch pad for something great to come. Well, an important thing that I do want to also bring up, and this is a very, very important part, because I understand that like when it came up to Skullgirls, all everybody saw was Mike. There mm-hmm. was a very talented group of people behind Mike. Mm-hmm. The only reason everyone knew Mike was because Mike is a fighting game player. Mm-hmm. That was the only reason. That was the only reason everyone knew him. Like yeah. he, he, he wasn't the only person writing all the lore in the game. He wasn't the person animating it. He wasn't the person like, you know, really like, he wasn't the person that decided what type of moves to use for everyone. That was everybody mm-hmm. on the team. 
that did research into this. There were people on the team that had never touched a fighting game before that started picking up fighting games just to do it better. Yeah. Like that's that's the caliber of talent that you can expect from this. So the reason I'm really happy is because I've known all along that Lab Zero isn't just Mike. And now everyone gets to see it. Everyone gets to see, wow, these are talented individuals that have gotten here by their own merit, not just because of Skullgirls. And right. that's something that I feel didn't happen with Indivisible because of all the drama behind Skullgirls because they had to consistently live behind that shadow. And now that they're a brand new company, they can start over again. They can literally start over. They don't have to be that company that made Skullgirls. They can be the company that helped create Annie inside of Skullgirls and then made another project instead of just being like the team that made Skullgirls or X-Lab Zero employees. Now they can actually be themselves. And I think that that's such a beautiful thing that a lot of game companies don't get to do. Because what you typically see when a game company goes down, especially when there's no capital to really start it back up, uh, is that everyone just kind of crashes and burns. They usually move to AAA. They sometimes leave the gaming industry entirely. Uh, it's, it's messy. And so the fact that they're able to sustain because of the Skullgirls community, specifically, I really want to stress that, the Skullgirls community saying, hey, this is not okay. We still want this, but we don't want Mike here. We would still support it. That made it so that Autumn Games was like, we will still give you money to work on that. That's what forced that. 100%. 100%. Like, I can't, I can't stress that enough. That's important. That matters. Them seeing that the consumers are like, we still want this product and we will still play this product and we will still buy this product. That matters. That's, that's more yeah. valuable than people actually going out and buying it and saying, we will continue to buy it if these people are working on it exclusively. So uh, that's nice to see. That's really, really honestly nice to see that. And you don't see it. Yeah. No. And one more thing I wanted to hit on. Uh, somebody mentioned in the <laughs> chat. Uh, they asked if there, if any game devs were in a union. And to my knowledge, no. So seeing, unless I'm wrong, uh, I could be wrong. No, you're correct. You're correct. Okay. Unionizing isn't necessarily something that exists inside mm -hmm. of the the game development world, and that is because game developers are hired as contractors. Right. Contractors can't unionize because there are set limits to how long you work on a contract. Right. And gaming is still considered like non-essential enough that there's not really any large entity that controls all of it. The difference between mm -hmm. like unionizing functions that usually exist is that you have multitudes or a really, really, really massively large company or conglomerate that is dealing with massive faucets. For example, grocery stores usually have unions because of how many grocery store chains there are, right? If you go into a safe way, they'll be like, you have to join the union here because if we leave, everyone leaves and they need to pay us a certain amount of money, right? Like right. that's how that works because Safeway can afford to do that because Kroger can afford to do that because they have so much money coming into them. Mm -hmm. Game companies are not the same. Um, and I will use my five minute extension here, okay. 100%, we'll <laughs> obviously. Uh, but yeah, what I did want to hit on is uh, the bell's gonna ring, so I apologize. Uh, what I did want to hit on. I is... don't play Skullgirls. <laughs> All right, and <laughs> and the timer's back. Uh, what I did want to hit on is I feel like as far as far as the game industry goes, there's never been like you mentioned it. There's never been a co-op or something with this kind of structure. So I'm super interested in seeing like will this solve a lot of the problems that the game industry has like one of the big discussions last year was crunch 
and how people would mm-hmm. be forced to burn themselves out for months and months at a time working like 80 hour weeks because the deadline was coming up or stuff like we mentioned with Mortal Kombat where a lot of people were saying that they uh, had the deal with post-traumatic stress disorder and trauma from yeah. like having to do research for Mortal Kombat and stuff like that. Um, so I'm wondering, is this new model, uh, like a co-op model, where a lot of the employees do have a say in what they're doing? Granted, I don't, I'm don't. i assuming this probably wouldn't work for a AAA game, at least as far as right now. Uh, but is this going to be a model that, and I, I guess it remains to be seen because we haven't seen it. Uh, is this yeah. going to be a model that's more conducive towards the working person? And I'm wondering, how is this going to affect the overall product? So here's the thing. Um, it, it turns out that this concept is actually relatively, I want to say, normalized outside of fighting games. Mm. Um, a big company that uses the co-op model is actually Motion Twin, and people may know them because they came out with Dead Cell. Oh. Uh, they're an indie game studio. They were originally founded in 2001, and they've been using the co-op model for quite some time. Uh, Future 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 Club is not the very first like game development company to do this and so like what they're doing isn't brand brand new the reason why it's so such a big deal is because for a very long time they've been trying to do this and one person has been stopping them so like they wanted to do this before and what i think we're going to see and this is the problem with with independent game devs is that unfortunately the reason why crunch happens is because there's nothing else if crunch doesn't Mm-hmm. Right. There's a set amount of money you get from the publisher to work on something. There's a certain amount of money they agree to pay you if you work on something. And that's all the money there is. At a certain point, you're going to have to work without money. And that's really what crunch is, is coming down to that time and being like, we only have this amount of time to work. And if we don't work it right now, the publisher won't give us another date for anything and it will flop and they won't reimburse us. That won't disappear with the co-op because that's something that exists inside of gaming, unfortunately, at a much higher level than any, I think, game dev can really address. What would be nice to see, what would be really, really, really nice to see is a, a, a much larger publisher working with Future Club to help develop a brand new IP that would allow them more freedom so that they wouldn't have to work with crunch. That would be amazing, but it really just comes down to negotiations and contracts on the back end rather than just the stature and the way that their that their team is made up of. Unfortunately, that's just the realities of gaming. Um, it, it's something that people don't often like to talk about just because of the whole idea behind, you know, paying someone what they're worth inside of gaming is such a weird concept because you're talking about underpaying a lot of people, first and foremost, because in order to get a project done, it's almost impossible to pay every single person on team $90,000 and have them all come out of it like not being super stressed out and tired just because of the way that we as gamers consume. And so I think what if, if we really want to stop crunch, we as consumers need to be a lot more lenient and understanding when people are like, we have to push back this date instead of just being like, I'm returning my pre-order. I refuse to ever buy anything your product comes against. You should be saying, we appreciate your understanding here. We look forward to your next announcement. Unless like, you know, I don't know that dev team like does something terrible, like lay off their entire staff and then, you know, just have a rage quit moment and just say something really racially insensitive on stream then maybe you know don't do that and be forgiving just but no just one would do that cancel them yeah i can't no imagine who that. would do that though that's the whole thing is i could never imagine who would be insensitive and selfish enough to do something like that so me neither i i just don't think we're 
you know, we as consumers, we as we as game buyers are are ready to do that. We always say, vote with your wallet, speak with your wallet. We never do. Mm-hmm. We, yeah. you know, we complain about crunch, and then we buy the game that comes out anyway. Even after joining groups on uh, Steam that that are all about, we're not going to buy this game, and then we all yeah. buy the game anyway. Yeah. So it, it's yeah. going to take a cultural shift to get rid of crunch, and I don't think we and have And a lot more in. knowledge. I I really just hope that gamers continue to educate themselves about like what happens behind the scenes, just like I did because I was interested. Anyone can look up this knowledge. It's, it's free. Just be informed before you buy. With all that said... Why'd you have to add? It was such a clean line. <laughs> well, what yeah, I was going to yeah. say is with all that said, our time is up for the show. Can we, can we do one like 30-second tro- topic? Okay, go for it. We, it's 7.36, go. The, yeah, can you pull oh, up right. the Street Fighter changes? Yes, 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 uh, yes, yes. So Capcom, yeah, Capcom announced today uh, that several players are pulling out of the Street Fighter League Season 3 for various reasons. Uh, Phenom, uh, Knuckle, or excuse me, Phenom, Problem X, and Infectious are out uh, due to travel restrictions. They're going to be replaced by SKZ, Kaba, and Gamerbee. Uh, or infection, or no, SKZ, Kaba, Gamer B, respectively. I can talk. Um, and then uh, Knuckledo and NL both pulled out for uh, unstated reasons. They are being replaced by Mena RD and JB, respectively. Ooh, ooh! I, I think I'm actually like slightly more excited to see all these other names now because I, I haven't seen SKZ play in a hot minute. Same thing with Gamer B. I haven't seen Gamer B in a hot minute, so. I can't wait for that shit to happen. And I like the idea of Smug, Mena, and Kaba on one squad. Ooh. That's going to be tasty. Wow. So we have a G, Vega, and a Birdie. Although I think, is, is Mena playing Birdie still? I don't know. Part of me thinks he, he left Birdie for a G or another character. Anyway, any hoozle. That was a speed run of a topic, ladies and gentlemen. That's a PBWR. Congratulations, Steve. World record, world record topic. Uh, <laughs> with all that said, ladies and gents, our time is up. We actually went over time, so apologies to Ultra Chen TV. But that has been our show. I really like this new timer thing. It's been super fun. Uh, I can't wait to make topics last 10 minutes instead to make us just ramble as fast as possible. It's uh, going to actually <laughs> take a lot of training for me to not do that. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> Uh, but that's been our show. We'll be back next week. We're going to talk about Tokyo Game Show. We're going to talk about that Dan uh, announcement and maybe release. Who knows? Uh, but for and now, the fighting game battle royale idea that I had. I actually did have a whole conversation. I want to talk about it out of respect. And I won't talk about it now. I'm going to talk to about it, Steve, after the podcast. But, like, y'all will hear it on Tuesday. You guys yeah. will hear it next week, I promise. Fighting game battle actually, royale. I want to save that for Tuesday. I want to react to it live. You yeah. do? You do? Okay. Yes. Because I, I had a whole conversation ready for it. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll have that whole conversation on stream next week. Next week. Uh, so I've been Elon. This has been Steve Main Squeeze Ace King Offsuit Jurek. And down here is the lovely, the purple Sharpie. Please. Uh, you didn't butcher my name. Yeah, I only butcher Steve's name. <laughs> yeah, Steve's name's pretty rough. And my own. Uh, but check us out on social media. These are all our handles on the Twitters. Uh, you can see more of us there. You can see more of us here next Tuesday. But for right now, we're going to sign off, and we're going to send you all over to Ultra Chen. So do tell Ultra Chen we said hello. They're going to be talking about a lot of other great, amazing things around the fighting game community. 
any last words, lady and gent? Follow me on Instagram, please. I really want to hit 1K. Follow me on Instagram. I post not thirst pics. Okay. Good night, Canada. <laughs> All right, bye, everybody.